All right, so tonight our Bible reading is uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, and if you feel led tonight to read out loud, you're sure welcome to do that. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, the 30 verses it looks like. And so uh, what we have, five, five times six is 30. Sister Loretta, you'll be the first, okay? And uh, you read uh, two, four, five, there's six, that's six verses. All right. Drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. The fear of a king is as the roaring of a lion. Whosoever provoketh him to anger sinneth against his own soul. It is an honor for a man to see from, cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. The sluggard would not plow by reasoning of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Most men will proclaim every one of his goodness, own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Man. The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? Yes. Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them alike, abomination to the Lord. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. Thank you, my brother. This is Cindy. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be, be satisfied with bread. It is not, it is not, saith the buyer. But when he is gone his way, then he boasteth. There is gold and multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Take his garment that is surety for a stranger, and take a pledge of him for a strange woman. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. Every purpose is established by counsel, and with good advice make war. Thank you. He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with lips. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. An inheritance may not be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Divers' weights are an, abomin an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? Yes, it might. It is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy, and after vows to make inquiry. 
A wise king scattereth the wicked and bringeth the wheel over them. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and his throne is upholden by mercy. The glory of young man is their strength, and the beauty of old man is the gray head. The blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil, so do stripes the inward parts of the belly. Amen. Thank you. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, in First Peter chapter 4, we'll go back there. We was there on Wednesday night. Uh, we're preaching on the, the one another, and uh, so we're still in that thought and that mindset. But here in First uh, Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, we'll read one verse, the verse that we ended on last Wednesday night, and we'll com- continue thrown with the thought tonight concerning spiritual gifts. We see in verse 10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the reading tonight of Proverbs chapter 20. And Lord, just the nuggets that we read, dear God, each verse has its own meaning and and application and Lord, some things we don't even really fully understand, but yet, God, we know that it's the Word of God. God, just allow our bodies, our flesh tonight, dear God, to come under the reading of the Word of God tonight, the power of God, the inspiration of God tonight, Lord, is good for us. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd help us to understand the Scripture tonight out of Peter, Father, that we might know what our spiritual gift may be, Lord, or learn to know what it is, and then... Father, we'll be obedient with God with it and we'll do as you please. God, that we might cause this church, dear God, to be unified and, and, uh, and of unity tonight, Lord, in one mind, one heart, one accord, serving and living, dear God, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us tonight, dear God, to understand it more clearly. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd lead and guide here tonight, Lord, the preacher as well as the people. God, do something special within our service tonight. Thank you for all that you have brought our way. Bless them tonight for their faithfulness. God, bless them tonight, dear God, for their obedience. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I gave out on Sunday night a list of questionnaire about spiritual gifts. And so uh, on the back page of that, uh, there is a list of, of gifts that is listed there. And uh, this is a good example tonight of what people think or what they're not thinking concerning the spiritual gifts tonight. I thought before I get into the spiritual gifts that I will explain the spiritual gifts. And on that back page, it will give you a list of all the spiritual gifts, but those spiritual gifts tonight... Uh, some of them, if not all of them tonight except seven, you can't get or they're not in operation today. And so uh, tonight, uh, with that being said, we're going to explain to you why tonight that's the case. So here in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, we read, As every man hath received the gift. And so we find that when you get born again, when you get washed in the blood of the Lamb, you receive a gift. You don't receive gifts, you receive the gift. And in getting a gift tonight, it is a spiritual gift. 
It is a gift tonight out of verse 10. It says of the manifold grace of God. And so it is a gift that God's given each one of you. And he is the one who chooses that gift for you. And you have to figure out what gift that is. And if you look very long or if you pray or if you search out the scriptures, you'll find quickly uh, what that might mean. Uh, Tonight, I feel that the church tonight is very sluggish and uh, it's very non, I guess you would say non-committal because uh, we're not talking about the gift in which every one of us have tonight. Not all of us have the same gift, yet some of us may have the same gift. Uh, And not all of us tonight uh, will have all the same gifts. We'll have one gift primarily. Uh, We may have a little bit of other gifts just because of our uh, personality or maybe because of our temperament, uh, even the way that we're made or created by God. But there will be a primary gift in your life and what God will use, but you'll use it for one another. Just want to say, though, that the gift that you have that the Lord has given to you is not your gift. It's God's gift that's given to you. And it's for you, according to the scripture here, as being good stewards of the manifold grace of God, meaning tonight that whatever God has given you, you now have responsibility and accountability to take that gift and minister to one another. I'm saying tonight, I believe the church as a whole or in large tonight are not ministering to one another. I believe the church mostly comes into church and they're expecting the pastor to minister to them. And they're they're expecting uh, that as they come to church that the Spirit of God minister to them and that God would minister to them and that whatever they come into the church that they are receiving, receiving the Word of God, receiving the Spirit of God, receiving the knowledge of God, receiving the instruction of God, receiving the conviction of God, receiving the comfort of God, receiving all of God and we leave out of here and we go home with receiving all of these things and yet tonight the Bible's talking to us and telling us that there are some parts of this thing called church, this thing called Christianity that you're going to be responsible for as a good steward tonight and that is to take that gift and to minister to one another. And so I don't know how much we're doing that. I don't know how much tonight are we actually taking that gift and we're actually serving one another with it because it seems like we're too busy. We rush to get to church. We rush to get out of church. Uh, we don't have very many times that we're together in order for you to manifest your gift, in order to put your gift in operation tonight. And so I'm finding where are we doing it at? I mean, we're coming in for Sunday school. Uh, we go right to Sunday school. You come in like three minutes before church. Uh, Sunday school starts. You scatter out. We all go to our rooms and do our thing. We all come back about uh, five minutes till church. Uh, then we get in our seats and then we preach the word of God and we sing our songs and we worship the Lord. And as soon as we say amen, I'm at the door and the door is open and people are starting to file out. Now maybe a few moments in the out there in the in the weather or under the the. Uh, Opening there, we might have conversation for a little bit, but we're just talking about small things. We're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about things that are important. Uh, But as far as tonight, uh, are we really ministering to one another? Where is that happening at? You know, so I'm concerned as a pastor that we would be in obedience to God's Word. 
that we would be good stewards of the gift that God has given to us. Now, in order for us to do that tonight, we've got to know what gift we are. And so, uh, and then we got to understand where are the gifts at? There are three sections of the scripture tonight that gives us these gifts. And so I'm going to talk about them tonight. Before we get into the actual gifts, I might mention just a little bit about each one of them tonight. It just depends on how, how fast you hear. And uh, so that we can uh, get through that. But I want to start with number one tonight. Obtaining the spiritual gift. Obtaining it. The word receive there, it means obtain the spiritual gift. So once you obtain this gift, uh, you would question would be which gift is for me, right? We know the truth that when you get born again, you receive a spiritual gift. We understand that. We understand tonight the spiritual gift, but what spiritual gift is it? And so where do we look for it and how do we put it together? Well, I want to show you, first of all, tonight, uh, the gifts are separated in three categories. I, I, I put them in these categories. I, I put the names upon them. Uh, the categories are not new, but uh, I put the names on it. The first one is, uh, is the sign gift or the apostolic gift. Apostolic gift, the apostle's gift, signs gift, however you want to put it tonight, that's that gifts. And those gifts were given to the apostles and those of that time. We find that to be true. We find that to be so. If you turn your Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. So tonight really is going to be some teaching rather than preaching, but we need both, don't we? And so we find that Mark chapter 16 tonight and verse 14, Jesus has now died and Jesus has resurrected. And before he ascends unto heaven, he comes to his apostles. We find in verse 14 who he was talking to, he says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven. Now who are the eleven? The eleven are the eleven apostles, right? Because Judas has died. So now he's the eleven only. There's no longer twelve. There will be twelve, but then there will be another one with Paul, uh, whom the Lord called him the Apostle of the Gentiles. What we find here is 11, that's the apostles. So he's not talking about anybody else. He's not talking about a disciple. He's not talking about a follower. He's talking about the apostles. And then he says to them as this. He says, as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And you'll just imagine, you're probably saying, Lord, you're about to ascend unto heaven. We'll never see you again until the rapture, until uh, the, the time of heaven. But we, now you're just upbraiding us, you're rebuking us, you're telling us of our hard heart and how we don't believe in you. And the Lord's that way, isn't he? He's just going to tell you exactly where you are and what's going on and just tell you the truth about you. I love the Word of God. I love the Lord Jesus because they just tell you the truth. Amen. I want to know the truth in every way, in every situation. Just tell me the truth. 
Don't cover it up. Don't put it, don't butter it up. Uh, don't try to make me feel good with it. Just be truthful. Amen. And so here Jesus is being honest with them about where they are and where they are about their faith. Verse 15. And he said unto them, Them is the eleven. Go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That means to everywhere in all the world, give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every man must be born again. And so you're going to have to, as the apostles, you're going to have to go forth into the world. Verse 16, He that believeth is not in, and is baptized is, shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, that's the eleven, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth, they being the eleven, and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following them. Amen. Now you say, what is all this about tonight? Well, it's about these apostolic gifts. I noticed, number one, the apostles' command. The command to the apostles was go into the world, go into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. We understand that. The second thing I noticed was the apostles' credentials. He said, now when you go out and when you go forth, and you will, these signs will follow. They will follow you. What signs will follow you? Well, these signs will follow you. These gifts will follow you. Uh, these will be what I will put upon you or put with you, and they will follow you where you go. What are they? Well, this is what they are. The Bible says, You shall cast out devils in my name. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents. And, they, and you shall drink any deadly thing, and it shall not hurt you. Uh, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so that is what the credentials was. And so when you went forth in that day, and you saw somebody preaching the Word of God, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, telling them to repent ye and believe the gospel. And Fred, you look upon them, you say, are they real or are they not real? Is the gospel what they are preaching? Is it from heaven? Is it from God? Will there be a sign that would follow them? Uh, they would drink of some poison. They would play with some serpent. It would bite them and wouldn't kill them. Uh, they would raise the dead. Uh, they would speak in another tongue or a new tongue. Uh, you would find that these signs would follow who? Follow the apostles. And as the apostles would go forward, these signs would go to those around that would confirming and saying, and affirming, and authenticating, saying, listen, that message, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, is real. How do you know it? Oh, because of the signs that are following them. That's how. And so we find tonight that this is what Jesus chose to do with these signs. I notice the confirmation, not only the credentials and command, but I, I see there in that verse 19, so then that after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in the heavens and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Now look what he said here. Confirming the word with signs. What does that mean? That means this, 
that he was not confirming them if they were real or confirming them if they were Christian or if they were believers. No, what he was confirming as they preached the gospel, preached the word of God, the signs would follow confirming the word. You got it? This ain't, this ain't somebody who's doing these miracles and all these signs. It's Jesus that said those signs would follow you, but not to confirm about you being real or, or you being Christian, but about the word that was being preached was it of God. You see? So those signs was following those apostles on about the word. They were confirming the word with signs. He was confirming the gospel with signs. He was confirming the word of God. He was confirming the salvation of the Lord. He was confirming what the word of God was coming forth out of the mouth of those apostles. And Fred, you'll find that each one of those apostolic gifts was confirming the word of God. That's what it was for. It wasn't for the apostles to show off. Hey, watch me. I can raise the dead. Watch me. I can cast out the demon. Watch me. I can go over here and play with some snakes and, and uh, I can just let them bite all over me, man, and I won't die. Look at me. I just drink some poison. I just take this down and drink a gallon of it, man. I live. Check me out. It wasn't that, that at all tonight. It was all about those signs following those apostles so that the word of God that those people could hear was saying to them, this is from God. Amen? Amen? That's, right. That's what it's about. So let's, we got to get it straight. We got to find out which gifts are we going to get at salvation. We find that the signs, gifts was approving the word of God. Now we see this again in Acts chapter 2. Turn there with me tonight. Uh, the same signs and the same gifts in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22 tonight, uh, it approved Jesus. So now we find that the signs are approving the Word of God. But now we see in Acts chapter 2 verse 22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. Now how we know that. Among you, how? By miracles and by wonders and by signs. God did by him in the midst of you as yourselves also know. So that same signs, those same gifts that was given uh, to those apostles uh, to bring forth a confirmation of God's word, now those signs is the same who brought confirmation that Jesus is a Jesus of Nazareth. That he was approved of God. So when they looked upon Jesus and when they saw him do the miracles and see him do the wonders and, and see him do the gifts of God, they said, man, he must be of God. Right? So it wasn't Jesus and all that he was doing. It was what he was doing that was confirming that he was the Son of God. Amen. He was Jesus of Nazareth. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. So now we find that these signs, these apostolic signs or gifts tonight approved the Word of God. These apostolic signs approved Jesus. 
But these same signs approved the apostles. Hebrews chapter 2 and in verse 4 tells us again tonight, boy, the Word of God is so, makes it so clear and plain. Just, there's just no misunderstanding at all tonight in this. He says there in chapter 2, verse 4, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. So we find tonight that as the apostles went forth, the Bible said that God was bearing them witness. Who's witness? Who are them? That's everyone that was outside of the apostles. Everybody looking, everybody listening, everybody approaching, gave them witnesses that the apostles, that those ones that were of God, through the signs and wonders and divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost of God. And then we go back to Acts chapter 2. We see how this is going forth. We find that in Acts the apostles are still living. We find in Acts chapter 2, look there in verse 43 with me tonight. We find the church has now come together. 3,000 have been saved. We find that there is coming together of a church now being formed after the Holy Ghost of God has come and indwelt them. And we see there in verse 43, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All right, so that's the apostolic gifts. What were they doing? They were approving the Word of God, the apostles' doctrine, they were approving Jesus Christ. They were approving themselves to let all that would hear and know that they're of God and that salvation is from the Lord. We find, look in chapter 4 and verse 30. We see, once again, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus. We find again the same principle, the same thought. It's confirmation. Look in chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, for they were all of one accord in Solomon's porch. Who's doing all the signs and wonders and miracles? Apostles. Look at chapter 8 and verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. We find in chapter 14, and look in verse 3 with me tonight of, of Acts, and we find... Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace, granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So you notice real closely tonight that though whenever there was a sign and a wonder and a miracle taking place tonight, there's going to be the gospel being preached. There's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ being exalted and magnified. It's going to be uh, those that have been chosen by God and sent out by God to show forth to the whole world that the Jesus that they're preaching and the gospel they're preaching 
is of God. It's of heaven. Apostolic gifts. And look in Romans chapter 15 with me tonight. And look in verse 19. Paul, of course, is speaking. He says, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Iconium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. It's always connected to the preaching to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the one who is preaching. 2 Corinthians tonight, chapter 12, and verse 12 tonight as we continue to look at this thought tonight of these apostolic gifts, these sign gifts. Are those some of the gifts that we're going to receive? First, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, the Bible says, Truly the signs of an apostles, truly the signs of the apostles were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So Paul is saying tonight, as he went forth preaching the word of God, he went forth in preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. He went forth establishing churches, ordaining bishops and overseers. He said it was done with some miracles and signs because it brought confirmation that what Paul was doing and saying in the midst of this church formation, it was of God. You can trust that. You can believe that. And so, boy, there was a great need. And, boy, I'm so glad for the apostolic gifts tonight. But I know I've noticed the command and the credentials and the confirmation. But I want you to notice the apostles ceasing. I want you to recognize tonight that after the day of Pentecost, there was not one, not one apostle ever, ever, not one was ever brought forth. Once apostle died, there was not another that came and took his place. You won't find that in the scripture. You'll find before the day of Pentecost, and you can turn there with me in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 tonight, we find that in verse, in verse 22 it says, uh, Beginning from the baptism of John under the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, thou knowest the hearts of all men. Show whether these two thou hast chosen and that he had taken part of this ministry, apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Before the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, before the church was indwelt, empowered, before the church came upon the scene, we found uh, that Judas has now died, and we found that they have chosen Matthias to be the other apostle to replace to replace Judas. But after Acts chapter 2, there's no replacements for none of the apostles that died. Isn't that weird? There is one, though, that there has been on um, um, Acts chapter 9 when Paul, who was named Saul of Tarsus, was coming down the road of Damascus on Straight Street. He met Jesus, and he got born again. And when he got born again, Jesus said unto him, you're going to be an apostle of the Gentiles. 
All the rest were apostles to the Jew. But Paul was a Gentile too. That, I mean, he was an apostle to the Gentile. And so we find nowhere in the scripture do we find that there's any at all apostles that were being replaced after Acts chapter 2. We also know that in order to be an apostle, you're going to have to, according to Acts chapter 1 and verse 22, you're going to have to witness of his resurrection. So if you want to be an apostle, there's no more apostle, but if you want to be one tonight, you're going to have to be there when Jesus was resurrected. That's almost 2,000 years ago. I'm not sure that anybody qualifies today for that. I know a lot of people trying to live 2,000 years, but and nobody made it just yet. Amen. So is there any wonder in your mind tonight, why aren't there any more apostles? I mean, it seemed like they, they would have been replaced, right? One died, another come. One died, another come. And the apostles would have kept the apostolic gifts, wouldn't they? I mean, tonight I, I would think that that would be the case, but you know that's not the case. The case is tonight uh, that when the apostles died, they died. And when the apostolic gifts that were given to the apostles, it died. That just makes sense, right? I mean, you, you're not going to take the apostolic gifts and give them to somebody else who's not an apostle. It'll work that way. So as we look tonight and we see that, that uh, and just remember, no, one more, because I'll go to another verse in Corinthians, but I want you to just remember now before we go on, why were the gifts given in an apostolic way? There's three reasons. You remember? Number one, to approve the word. That's why the gifts were given, to approve the word, Mark 16. The number second reason why the apostolic gifts were given was to approve Jesus. All right? And that is in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. The third reason why that these apostolic gifts were given was to approve the apostles. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. And so remember that as we go into this uh, the study here tonight, because it's a very important thing. And so tonight I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians and uh, look there in uh, chapter 13 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. As Paul was dealing with these, these tongues and these gifts and things like that in this chapter 12 and 13 and 14. And right in the middle of that chapter 12 and 14 is chapter 13. And in chapter 13, if you look there in about verse 8 tonight, and we see it says, Charity never faileth. It goes on to say, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we, in, well, we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now that's a big part of this apostolic gifts. And we understand it clearly tonight uh, about the Word of God. There's three phrases that is mentioned there in that verse 8. Now, that first one says, they shall fail. You know what that means tonight? It means to be entirely idle. So whatever it's talking about, whatever segment or sector that that is talking about, whether there be prophecies, they shall be entirely idle. 
Alright? Now, the same Greek word, it says this, that whether there be tongues, they shall cease. The same Greek word, it means to be entirely idle or to come to an end. Alright? And the third phrase that's mentioned in here is whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The word vanish away is the same Greek word. It means to come to an end or become useless. So as you look at the pass a file away or cease or vanish away, it all equals to be idle, to be useless, to come to an end. So it's very evident tonight that these things that Paul was talking about in chapter 12, he brings them into three categories. He calls them prophecies. He calls them tongues. He calls them knowledge. Now look at chapter 12 with me. And we'll just read these uh, gifts that Paul was dealing with with this corrupt church. He says there in chapter 12, and look there in verse 8. It says, For to one is given by the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. That's the gifts that are called sign gifts or called apostolic gifts that Paul was talking about because no other gifts up to that point in Corinthians has ever been talked about. The only other ones tonight is Ephesians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 12. Well, that hadn't even happened yet. We're not there yet. We're only in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's talking about the apostolic gifts that was Mark and was Acts and in Hebrews. He was telling that church, talking to them, rebuking them because they were abusing those gifts. I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but I'm just saying. And then he goes to chapter 13. He says, okay, now, these gifts that I'm speaking of, they're going to be done away. They're going to cease. They're going to end. They're going to be idle within themselves. They're going to become useless. Now, what's going to bring that forth, though? Well, he says, makes a statement. He says that what's going to make these gifts not be used anymore, no longer, not only are there no other apostles, for they're all dead. There's none other that's over 2,000 years old, so we can't go there. Well, I want you to see, he says in verse 10, though, that which is perfect has come. So this is the very important part of how and when do these apostolic gifts vanish away? When do they go away? When do they end of themselves? When do they come idle? When do they become useless? When that which is perfect. Now what does the word perfect mean? It means complete. Complete. Now is there anything at all in your mind tonight that you can think of that we might have tonight uh, that we can touch, hold, or we can know of that's complete? Right here. The Word of God. You're not complete. Church isn't complete. The Word is. And so that which is perfect, and the Word, it means the complete Word. When the word became pleat, canonized. 
When it became complete, when all of it came together, the 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. When that came complete, and you have it in your hand here tonight, King James Version Bible. If you have not a King James Version Bible, you don't have a Bible. Tonight, if you got anything else than that tonight, you've got something that's inferior to the Word of God. What you have tonight, if you don't have a King James Version Bible, you got a Bible that's incomplete. I don't know why you want a Bible tonight that's missing scriptures and missing uh, dots and missing this and missing that, but most of all, missing God. I say tonight that that word perfect means the complete Bible. That word perfect means finished. The finished Word. Amen. This is the finished Word. There will be no addition to it. Matter of fact, the Bible says if you add to it, uh, the plagues of Egypt shall be added to you. The Bible says, if you take away from it, you shall be taken away from the book of life. Amen. I'm just saying tonight, this is the finished word. There's not a dream. There's not, there's not a vision. Uh, there's not someone in the way of interpretation. There's not somebody sitting somewhere tonight and looking at the sky and looking at the stars and saying, God's telling me some things that's going to take place tonight. There ain't nobody in all the world tonight that has that. The word of God is finished. He said in Hebrews chapter 1 that he's going to speak to us. By who? By his son tonight. When? In the last days. Amen. He's the word. So we find tonight, what does it mean to be perfect? It means the complete Bible. It means the finished word. Isn't that good? Isn't it tonight, uh, what does it mean to have something complete tonight? It means tonight the Holy Scriptures. The Bible says of the book that you have in your hand called the King James Version Bible, it's holy, the holy scriptures. It tells us that clearly and plainly that the holy scriptures, it will teach you and guide you unto salvation, he told Timothy. We find tonight that what we have in our hand, what we have within our, our, our grips tonight is a Bible that's inspired. We got a Bible tonight that's preserved. Psalms chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. We got a Bible that's published. Psalms 168, 18 tonight. We find that we have an inspired, preserved, and published Word of God that we can look upon it tonight. It's not written by man. It's not uh, fainted by man. It's not tainted by man. Man has nothing to do with it at all. Matter of fact, tonight, it's 66 books over a 1600 period time 40 authors that God used to write the book of the word of God tonight in that span of time many of them didn't even know each other many of them didn't know who each other was tonight but God through the Holy Ghost of God as he breathed on holy man he come forth with the holy scriptures tonight that you and I can know that that which is perfect has come that which is done in part is done away and we're talking about tongues is he a little excited tonight? I am. I am. I'm just trying to tell you tonight what gift you're going to get. You know what gift it won't be? Apostolic gift. If you get tongues, the devil done gave it to you. Every tongue speaking individual everywhere in all the world tonight is full of the devil. It's not God. God ain't in that. God don't go against his word tonight. You know what? Somebody said, well, God can do whatever he wants to do. There's something God can't do. God is bound to his word. Yes, he will. He'll never go against his word. 
He'll never disobey His Word. He'll never, never. His Word tonight is who He is tonight. We find that what that is, that word in part there, let me open my Bible, man. How do you preach with your Bible closed? 1 Corinthians here, chapter 13 tonight as we look. Uh, that word in part tonight, where it says in verse 9, for we know in part, that means incomplete. And we prophesy in part incomplete. But when that which is perfect, I'm talking about the complete Bible, the finished word, the Holy Scriptures, is come. Then that which is in part, that's incomplete, shall be done away with, shall cease and void and be done. So we can rest assured tonight that none of us tonight will ever receive the apostolic gifts. So don't go home and drink no poison because you're going to die. Don't go be looking up for no snake neither and say, bite me and test God because you're probably going to die too. All right? And then don't act like a fool tonight and go outside and find somebody who has a devil and say, in Jesus' name, come out of them. And don't go down to the graveyard and tell everybody, come watch you. And you go down there and say, up from the grave they'll comest. Because they're not going to come. Don't be laying no hands on nobody and say, recover from cancer. It's not going to happen. Now, can God do that? He can. But you can't. See, we got to remember tonight, what were the apostolic gifts for? Approving the Word of God. Proving Jesus. Proving the apostles. Do you have any idea why we would need the apostolic gifts today? We got that which is perfect. That makes sense, right? All right, so I'm just trying to make clear tonight uh, because uh, we don't want to get confused tonight. Somebody tells me, hey, Brother Larry, I got, I got the gift of knowledge. I'm going to tell you, you missed it. We find tonight, now is there the apostolic gifts. I want you to look tonight at the leadership gifts. So we find those in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Hope tonight some of that helped you on that apostolic gift stuff. I know Brother Keith has mentioned that before, but I just wanted to bring that to our attention just for the fact that if we are going to be good stewards of the gift to minister to one another, we got to know that it's not going to come from that group. Now, it could come from this group, the leadership gifts. We find in Ephesians chapter 4, and look in verse 7 with me. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, but unto every one of us given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So this gift I'm talking about tonight is a gift of Christ. All right? So Christ gives this gift to you. We find that in verse, in verse uh, 8, it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up and high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, these are not only gifts of Christ, but these are gifts of men. No women get these gifts. These are not gifts that are for the church. These are gifts for men. So we got to make clear on that. So this is, these are leadership gifts. Leadership gifts. We find that 
are they gifts of Christ, but they're gifts to men. But verse 11, it tells us he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastor teachers, and these were gifts to lead. To lead. We know tonight that the Bible says that God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man's the head of woman. In that line, it must be in family, at church, at work, at home. No, I don't believe at all in anywhere, anytime uh, tonight that a woman should be in leadership of a man. You say, well, you know what you are? You are a pig. Right? Well, they call it male chauvinist pig. I've been called that before. I shook their hand. I said, you call me whatever you want me to call. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to be a leader of men, you've got to be a man. God isn't going to go against his word. He ain't going to have no wife <coughs> preaching to the man. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to have uh, no woman tonight in leadership of men. You say, well, there, there are some women like Hillary Clinton. She could be a better president than Biden could be. Well, she probably could. I'm not disagreeing with you. Well, you say, you see no Nancy Pelosi. She ran that thing down there for many years. And, well, now you get that other fellow up there. And, uh, oh, McCarthy, he was kicked out. We can go through all kinds of scenarios tonight. It does not at all diminish the Word of God. So we have to obey God's Word. You say, I don't like it. Too bad. It's been written a long time ago, way before you were even born. You're not changing it. You say, well, I'm not going to listen to it. Well, don't listen to it. You'll find that one day you wish you would have. I'm just saying tonight that these leadership gifts is a possibility, but these gifts tonight is not only gifts of Christ and gifts to men, but gifts to lead, but also gifts to the church. They're gifts to the church. And the Bible says, if you look at it, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He gave them to the church. Now, I want you to notice tonight that he also gave apostles and he gave prophets. But there's no more apostles, nor is there any more prophets. Why is that so? Well, let's look to Ephesians chapter 2. We mentioned this already, but I want you to know it and have it in your notes. The Bible says in verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So we find according to the scripture that apostles and prophets are the foundation of the church. Right? So tonight we have a foundation under our church, don't we? We don't keep on trying to build the foundation, do we? Now, once the foundation is built, you don't need to build another foundation. We got it. So what is our foundation built out of? It's built out of prophets and apostles. That was their purpose. That was their reasoning. Why did God bring apostles and why did God bring prophets? To make them the foundation of the church. So the church can do what? Well, look at the next verse. Grow. Grow. Jesus being the chief cornerstone of the church tonight. The Bible says, in whom 
all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple of the Lord. There be no church tonight without the apostles, without the prophets tonight, but there cannot be more apostles and more prophets because they're the foundation. We got to begin to build. And what do we build with? Evangelists and pastors and teachers. And as they lead and as they guide and as they preach, we all that get born again and saved begin to grow fitly, join together. And where do we sit upon? The foundation of the church, which is the prophets and the apostles. Hallelujah. See the gifts, the need for the leadership? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we see it kind of clearly tonight. Well, we look at the next verse because they begin to grow, but then next thing you know, they begin to get indwelt for who they really are and what the church's purpose is. And verse 22 says, In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And so now let's look at it in, in real sense tonight. It's here comes Jesus. He says in Matthew, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, Jesus, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to call apostles and I'm going to call them prophets. Yeah, what are you going to do with them? Well, I'm going to use them as the foundation of the church. And once I have the foundation of the church, and I'm the chief cornerstone on it, then I'm going to build upon that. With what? With evangelists and pastors and teachers. And what are they going to do? Well, they're just going to win people to Christ and they're going to draw into the Lord and become the temple of God and they're going to have the habitation of God in them by the Spirit of God indwells them. God indwells them. And now we got a church tonight. So we find tonight the gifts that could be possible if God has put a desire in your heart tonight to go into a mission field or go into a pastorate or something like that tonight, then God would use you to go forth to be part of the growing of the church. So it's a leadership gift and it's a gift to the church. All right? Because in order for you to mature, you've got to have a pastor. In order for you to do the work of the ministry, you got to have a pastor. In order for you to be edified, you got to have a pastor. So these are the things that is the church, gifts to the church. All right, so tonight, uh, if you are not one tonight that has that calling upon your life or that desire in your life, uh, tonight this won't be one of your gifts either. All right, so we just kind of find out what what we need to do and how we need to do it. All right, so let's move on tonight. And uh, the last one is in, or the other group that will be the ones that you'll have is out of Romans chapter 12. I won't be on this long tonight, but I just want to say a few things about it uh, so that we can get our appetite wet. Amen? Don't you like wet appetites? Y'all are a hard crowd tonight. Man, we're going to have some, some kind of a, I don't know, out, out in the front out there have some Gatorade or something. <laughs> so tonight we look in chapter 12, and these are going to be the gifts, seven of them, that will be the gift that you have, one of the seven. And tonight that gift will be what you have, and it's going to be something that you're going to minister to one another with. So we look at, let's read it tonight, chapter 12 and verse 6. It says, uh, let, let's look in verse 4. It says, for as we have many members, that's why I called it the members gift, 
We have many members in one body. All members are not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. You see that? One of another. And I'm about to describe seven gifts, one of another. So that means tonight that these gifts that we're going to describe needs to be ministered and served to one another. All right, so let's look at them. The first one is in verse 6, having then the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the propation of faith. Now let me say a little bit about prophecy, then I'll say a little bit about each, one, each seven of them, and then we'll close tonight. You okay with that? Yes. All right, I don't want nobody to go home and eat cold oatmeal. Some of, y'all, some of us are told not to even use the microwave anymore. I'm telling you, it's the last days. All right, so we see here tonight the gift of prophecy. That word prophecy means forth teller. It means speaking truth or speaking forth. I'll give you a few things about somebody who has this gift. You'll have the ability to see what is wrong in individuals. Number two, you'll, have, you'll be easily spotted the wrong and you have to find the right. One who has this gift, to them, wrong is easily identified, but right has to be looked for. All right? This, the one of prophecy is one who's praying and weeping over the sins of people. The one who has this gift is always looking, trying to see if you can just get it right with God. And they're always, they're always burdened with you. They're always burdened over you. They see that you're not living for God. They see you're not living towards God. And man, they're going to come to you and they're going to talk to you. And you think they're in your business. You think that they need to mind their own business. Yet this, this one, the gift of the prophecy, man, they're really caring for your soul. Yes. And so that's what God has put in them. So we find that this prophet is one tonight who's burdened with the condition of the world. While everybody else is doing their thing, the one with this gift is concerned about the condition of the world. About how the world is in a horrible place and the church is so carnal and people are so unchristian and the world is so terrible. And well, it's, they just need to be saved before Jesus comes. And see, that's the kind of the mindset of, the, of this gift here. We find, fifthly, they proclaim either to repent or to perish. That's their message. Repent. Oh, perish. Hey, get it right. So I don't know if anybody in this room has that gift. Uh, there's a whole bunch more to it, but I'm just going to give you a little bit just so you can kind of have a thought about what that might be. But in that gift there, uh, that's one of the seven. Number two, the other gift are he that teacheth on teaching. Now, how do I know if I have that gift? Well, uh, that gift there, I'm, I'm sorry about ministry. Verse seven, our ministry, let us wait on our ministering. So the word ministry is serving. So the one who has the gift of ministry will be the one who is willing to do a million tasks. I mean, you can't give them enough. You give them something, they say, give me, give me something else. Well, can you, have you finished that? No, I haven't finished it, but I will finish it. When I get it, I get right on that one. I mean, they got all kinds of things going on. They like, they like to work in the church. They like to work with the church. Uh, they want to be busy with everything. This is that one with this gift. They are working always behind the scenes. They never want credit. 
They never want anybody to acknowledge them. They're just, they're just little work bees. And man, they don't want nobody to know. And they just want to get after it. Then also this gift here is someone who is involved in several activities. I mean, if, if we're going to go bowling, they want to do that. If they want to go visitate, they want to visitate. They want to clean, clean church, they want to clean that. They, they want to uh, work out, they want to work out there. They want to do children's church, they do children's church. They, I mean, they just want any activity they're in it. Serving. We find that, it, or ministry, it, it means tonight also that they enjoy manual projects. They like working manually. They don't like thinking about it. They like doing it. They don't like talking about it. Stop talking about it. Let's just get it done. Ministry. They're loyal. They're sincere. They're devoted. And they're faithful. The one in ministry. They are likable. They're easygoing. And they're inoffensive. They won't offend nobody. The one with ministry, they'll listen without being critical. That's that person who has that gift of ministry. All right? Or the gift of serving. You can say it like that. All right, number three. There's a gift of, of, uh, of giving, or teaching, I'm sorry, of teaching. Verse 7. He that teacheth on teaching. Now, the word teacheth there means master, teacher, or doctor. So here's a little bit about that gift. That gift is one who they live to learn to teach. I mean, that's, that, that's what their whole life is about learning so they can teach it. The one with this gift here is one who loves reading. They just love reading everything, anything, all things, especially the Word of God, anything that, that contains the Word of God or has something about the Word. I mean, they are bookworms. There has the gift of teaching. They are creative. They are imaginative. I mean, they are constantly always just thinking, how else can we teach? How else can we get through? How else can we do? What else can I get? How can I get my students? How can I get everybody to listen to me? What can I say? How can I say it? Which way can I say it? They're just always thinking about how to teach what they're saying, what they're trying to give for. It also means that they are confident, they are self-disciplined, and they are very technical. Teachers today are very technical with this gift. You won't find them being sluggards. You won't find them being sluggish. You won't find them uh, going halfway or little way. They're all the way in in teaching. Teachers today, they, they love crafts. They love charts. They love graphs. They love lists. They, they enjoy studying. They spend the whole evening, whole night. Man, they love it. It's like eating candy. The one who teach, they will teach accuracy and they will teach context. And so that's the gift of teaching. Just a little bit about those. If you might have that tonight, that would be that gift. Another gift is the gift of exhortation. There in verse 8, he that, he that exhorteth on exhortation. That word exhortation means admonish and encourage. So this one who has this gift will motivate others. They're, they're motivators. They, they, they are practical people. There are no fakeness about them. They got smiles on their face. They got pep in their step. They got joy in their heart. And man, they are just like little bunny rabbits. They got energy, man. They got smiles. You'd be down and out and about to die. They're coming in and tell you you're going to live forever. 
I mean, they, they're trying to encourage you. Uh, they're good counselors. They're tolerant of others. Somebody comes in mad, they don't get mad. Somebody comes in cussing, they don't cuss. Somebody comes in accusing, they don't accuse. I mean, they're just exhorters. These guys make you mad. These kind of guys. They're serious-minded. They're enthusiastic. And they are very, very talkative. They like to talk. Because they like to exhort and find out what's going on so they can help you along the way. I mean, they're just a bubbly type of person. I don't know if you have that gift or not. If you do, you better start smiling. Then there's another gift. Number five is the gift of giving. We find that in verse 8. He that giveth. The word giveth means give over, share, or impart. It means that gift there means give of themselves. So if you're a giver, you're going to give of yourself first. That's what this giver does. It's not all about giving money or giving things, even though it includes that. But you could tell that that giver is someone who's given themselves to the church, has given themselves to the Lord. They're giving themselves to the people. They're giving themselves to the cause. Say, say we have missions tonight, and we say, okay, and a missionary uh, there, he needs a car, and it's going to be $8,000, and so we got, a, we got a rich guy in our church, you know, and he has the gift of giving. Well, he's already going to be in missions. He's already going to be giving. He's already engaged. And he'll say, man, I, I give more. I give the 8000 That's the giver. He's going to be one tonight that is giving of himself. He is one tonight that is giving beyond. He just won't give his tithes. He's going to give a little extra. He ain't going to give just a little bit for a cause. Like, for example, tonight we have the Christmas gift that we gave. And, you know, a lot of us gave, I guess, I know what I gave, $20 a week, $25 a week. Somebody, I got 100 or something. Oh, no, he's going to be 500 600 above and beyond. He, he's going to do, do more. He's a giver. He's going to give continually. You won't ever catch him not giving. He'll always give himself. He'll always give of his resources. He'll always give of his time. He'll always give you space. He's a giver. He'll give with no reward. He don't want anything. He don't even know. He don't even nobody even know about it. He'll give uh, to further on the cause, and he'll give to provide the need. There's always a reason why he gives, and it's always a positive reason. That's a giver. Sixthly, the gift of ruleth, or administration. Uh, verse eight, the Bible says uh, there. He that ruleth. The one who rules tonight, that word ruleth means one who steers the ship. That's what it means. So it's one tonight who's in leadership of, in trials and troubles. In other words, they, they're, they're in charge, but they stay in charge when things go bad. A lot, lot of leaders to get out whenever things go bad, go south. They go north. But not this one with this gift, the gift of ruleth tonight. Even in the trials and troubles of life, they still, still guide the ship. We find that it means they will organize all things and things will be done smoothly. There will be no chaos with this. It will be lined out. That gets on your nerves to many of us. But this one here, they say we've got to have it in line. We're going to do it. We're going to do it right. 
Right? That's just the kind of person that they are. That they, they also means they're going to promote to make all that is worthy. Everything and everybody's worthy in this organization. Everybody's important. Every little deal and every little thought and every little matters. That's what they are. They take charge. The one tonight who has the gift of ruler, they take charge. I mean, if you're in a situation, you come to church, let's say the lights go out, and, uh, and so I'm standing up here, the lights is out, everybody's just sitting there going, lights are out. Right? That's what most people, lights are out. The one that's ruleth is already running out and getting a candle or something. They're, they're looking for something in order to bring a light back in here. While all of us are just going like, man, it's dark in here. Right? We, we find tonight uh, they put a plan together quickly. Something, something goes on, they put it together fast. I mean, they can got that mind. They organize events and people. Nobody gets angry or mad. Everybody's comfortable. So th this is a, these are important gifts. And then lastly tonight, there's a gift of showeth mercy. That word showeth mercy means to feel sympathy. Th this one is the one who holds your hands. Like, like you're at church or something and they come by and they hold your hand. They'll pet you on the back. They'll hug you. They will, they'll, they'll just kind of come up against you, whisper in your ear and say, you know, you're beautiful today. Something like that. That's a nice dress. Or they might, if it's a guy or something like that, he'll say, hey, man, I'm glad you're here tonight. They're, they're that guy, they're that person, touchy-feely, uh, wordy. They're gentle. Uh, they're, prayer, they're prayer warriors. They're always praying for people because their heart always are out for people. Uh, they, they are concerned about feelings. They're concerned about your feelings, about everybody's feelings. Uh, we find that they're concerned uh, about the pains and the suffering of everybody too. If you tell them, man, I'm hurting, they're going to be worried to death about you. The ones with this showeth mercy, are, they're humble, and they're always dragged down with everybody's problems. So when they talk to you and you tell them, hey, I'm going through some things, they're going to go through it with you. Somebody else tells them, hey, man, I got some much going on. They're going to go with that too. And so this one is showeth mercy, and it, they're all about that mercy. That's the gift. Now, I know time's gotten away, uh, but let me, let, me, let me say this one more time so we can know on how this all fits in. Then we'll close tonight. I'm going to give you this again. I know I've, you already heard it, but I'm going to read it again, okay? All right, so here's a scenario. Each seven gifts were represented in a family and someone just dropped the dessert on the floor. Here's what each might would say. And I know that I read this last week, so don't think I'm losing my mind. I just want us to get it. So here, somebody dropped the dessert on the floor. And so the one with prophecy, the one who has that gift, would say this. That's what happens when you're not careful. Right? So that's the, if you have that gift of prophecy, that's what you would say. Right? Would you feel like you say that? Don't tell me. All right. So the dessert is on the floor, and the one who has the gift of ministry or the gift of serving, they would say this. Oh, let me help you clean that up. All right? That's kind of the serving gift. The dessert's on the floor. The one that teacheth or has the gift of teaching would do this. They would go to the one who dropped it and said, the reason that fell is that it was too heavy on one side. That's the teacher. 
And then the one who has the gift of exhortation would go to the one who dropped the dessert and say, next time, let's serve the dessert after the meal. All right? Exert, you know, after. The one who has the gift of giving would say, I'll be happy to buy a new dessert. All right? The one who has the gift of administration or ruling she would go to the one with the, the dessert and say, Dave, would you get me the mop? Mike, would you please pick up the mess? Sarah, <laughs> would you fix another dessert? Right? And then lastly, the one who showeth mercy would go up to that one and say, don't feel badly. It could happen to anyone. Sure. So... With this being said tonight, you say that's pretty simple and elementary. It is, but it's really true. And so tonight, when we figure out the gift that we have, hopefully next Wednesday night, we can get more into each one of those. Uh, we can begin to minister to one another and begin to do what God's Word asks us to do. Amen. I'm, I'm excited about it, y'all. Amen. I'm just glad not everybody has the spirit, has the gift of prophecy. Can you imagine our church full of prophets? We'd be killing one another. Man. Hey, we wouldn't have no friends, no family. We wouldn't have anything. Our hair would be pulled out. I mean, I can just imagine. Amen. But then on the other side, I'm glad not everybody is, is full of mercy. I mean, we'd fall over each other. We'd get nothing done. We'd all be crying and weeping and... I mean, you know, I'm just saying, I'm glad God got it all figured out. Amen. All right. Tonight, you have any, any prayer requests tonight that we might be able to pray for? Sister Mary. Yes. Brother Breyer, he was a missionary came here, hit going to Australia. His wife had cancer.